Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I am Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board today. and We have a wonderful show for you today, just a, a wonderful guest that I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from. Um, you know, we talk about the two stated goals of this show are to shine the light of truth and to shine the light of hope. And today you're going to get both lights. You're going to get them uh, big and bright. So maybe put on some sunglasses. I don't know. No, take the sunglasses off because you're going to want to stare into this light. We're going to hear truth today and we're going to hear hope. And I, I think both of those hand in hand are, are, are important because when you get truth, sometimes it's daunting. Sometimes it's the, it, it reveals things that are ugly and hope has to come alongside of it. So I think we're going to get both of that today. We're going to speak to Erin Lee. And so I, I would like to introduce Erin Lee. She is she's a mom from, from Colorado, and we've talked a, about her story a little bit. Uh, but I, I think it's important that, that you hear it from her firsthand. Erin, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Dean. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So as I said, you know, we've, we've uh, talked a little bit here about what, what's happening. I, I noticed that you were on Fox News back in May. And uh, to be honest with you, I stopped watching Fox News a few years ago. So I, I was unaware of your story until uh, Lance Wallnow. And of course, we uh, we love Lance and appreciate everything that he's doing. And when I heard your story, I was I was just stunned. I I, I didn't I didn't even know how to respond. Um, would you mind giving us a little? Um, I guess just a a primer or a a quick history on what's happened. Yeah, I'll give you a Cliff Notes version of Art Club Day. So, um, well, prior to May of 2021, I was a pretty sleepwalking parent. And I think I was representative of most parents in America. We're working, we're raising kids, we're, you know, naively trusting that we send our kids to school and that they're taken care of, that the teachers and staff are acting in the best interest of our kids. And, you know, in loco parentis that they are doing at school, what we are doing at home, they are carrying that into the classroom. And, you know, I, I was no different. And so we sent our daughter off to school like any regular day. We had just moved to a, a small suburb outside of Fort Collins, Colorado. So we were new to town. She was new to school. She's a shy, introverted, kind of quirky kid. And it was the height of COVID protocol. So they had her distance masked, remote learning, and she hadn't made a single connection with a student her age. In fact, I found out later that her sixth grade art teacher surveyed all the students on who they were friends with. And my daughter indicated that she had no friends at the school. And so I understand now why a target was put on her back. Mm -hmm. But this art teacher at the end of the day, regular Tuesday, approaches my daughter on the bleachers in her last class of the day. She's sitting alone. The teacher approaches her and asks her if she wants to stay after school for art club. Come meet some kids. She holds art club in her room after school. Does my daughter want to join? join. And of course she wanted to make friends who had like, like interests. She was an artistic kid. This was her favorite teacher. And so she did text us and we gave our permission for our club. When she got there, it was actually gender and sexuality awareness club. 
or GSA. And it wasn't just a regular GSA meeting. The art teacher had invited in an outside activist. This woman runs an organization for kids 5 to 11 called Skittles to discuss gender and sex. And she has a club for kids 12 and up called Splash. And this club meets, you know, every single week outside of the classroom throughout our community in our libraries, at local restaurants, um, online. She's got these, you know, 12 year olds in chat platforms with 25 year olds talking about gender and sex probably without parents' knowledge. And so this is the activist that they brought in. On the very first day, my daughter had ever attended this club. And she started with her number one rule, what you hear in here, keep in here. She told the kids that this was a safe space, that anything they say will not be shared. And what's shared with them, she should they should go out and tell all their friends about. So she started with flags describing umbrella terms, or she called them defining words, telling the kids, for example, queer is a term to use while you're still figuring out your sexuality. Oh, you don't know who you're sexually attracted to? That's okay. You're queer. Everyone can use the word the word queer while we're figuring it out. Um, she told them that transgender is when you're not completely comfortable in your biological sex, or you don't feel like you completely align with your biological sex. And of course, my daughter adopted that label. She's a 12-year-old pubescent girl with no friends. <laughs> like she, Of course, she's uncomfortable in her body. What 12-year-old little girl isn't? I'm 37 and I'm not fully comfortable in my biological sex and in my body every day. Like it, of course she wasn't. And so she adopted that label. And in doing that, she was given flags, stickers, bracelets, other swag to correspond with her new label. It was like, you know, like the Pokemon craze. How many labels can you get? Every label you proclaim, you get more toys and more swag to take home and to share with your friends. Um, she talked about polyamory, which I had to Google. I didn't even know what that was. It's multiple sexual partners at once. She talked about suicide, telling the kids that these new labels they've adopted make them more likely to kill themselves. It's almost like she was glamorizing it and putting this idea of suicide in kids' head that otherwise wouldn't have been there. Like our, our daughter didn't even know what suicide was. She didn't know what that word meant prior to this meeting. Um, she told the kids' families might not be safe. She handed out a cell phone number, asked the kids to connect with her privately on Discord. They had to friend her first, agree to her rules, and then connect with her on Discord and WhatsApp and other teen chat platforms where she knows parents are not monitoring that conversation. She talked about puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. In fact, she taught my daughter about a law here in Colorado that enables my child to pursue her own health care without parent knowledge or consent at the age of 12. So my daughter knew about this law before I did. She um, even stopped my daughter as she was leaving the room that day and said, remember, you don't have to tell your parents. So it was clear that this was intentionally a secret meeting. They didn't want parents to know about it. And we are so very fortunate that our daughter came home and told us everything that she she was almost excited about it. It was like, hey, I get it. I understand why I'm so weird. I don't fit in why I'm uncomfortable in my body. I'm trans. Everything makes sense now. Let me just throw this label on myself and live it out and see how this works. And the reality is that it trying to live that label hurt her. It sent her down a spiral of confusion that led to depression, that led to suicidality because it was an ill-fitting label. It was not right for her. And we as her parents knew that. And because we knew that, we objected to it. And because we objected to it, the school fought back against us. So two days after the incident, they discussed calling CPS to our home for a well-child check because we disagreed with what they did with our daughter. And they did. They sent a mandatory reporter to our home the next week to make sure we weren't abusing our children. And I firmly believe in the state of Colorado, 
if they, if CPS had shown up and we had let them in and my daughter had said, my parents are not affirming my trans identity, I firmly believe they would have removed her from the home. Mm -hmm. And we can get into more detail. I know we've got a whole hour here about what that would have led to here in our community, the conveyor belt of confusing kids removing them from their home, getting them access to medical care. There's a whole conveyor belt here that I've uncovered. And it's really terrifying to think how close we were to our daughter being taken away and medicalized against our will. Uh, by the grace of God. Yeah. That, that she, that she came home and, and told you what was happening. Mm -hmm. That we're really lucky. That, you know, that, that rule that, that they gave to her, what you hear in here, keep in here. It just sounds so, you know, it, it, it rolls off the tongue and it, you know, it's so easy to say. And the, the fact that she broke that rule is uh, it's a blessing. <laughs> it's a blessing that she, uh, th this, th this part of the story alone is appalling. Mm -hmm. Just what, what happened there is appalling, but, but the follow-up, the things that that you discovered in terms of the laws that were passed in Colorado, you want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I'll I'll first cover how we tried to handle it. Like we okay. we're pretty politically neutral people. Okay. We, uh, you know, we're both registered independents, and we mm -hmm. we don't necessarily lean any certain way. And so we we thought, okay, maybe we're misunderstanding. Not that my daughter's ever been dishonest, but maybe we didn't understand what actually happened. Let's try to get more answers before we overreact. We reached out to the principal. We reached out to the school board. We reached out to the superintendent. The principal confirmed that it was a confidential meeting that intentionally happened in secret. He even came to our home as a mandatory reporter and cried with us. He sat on our porch. He is a little girl. He said, if this had happened to my child, I don't know how I would have handled this. I'm angry for you. What, can um, I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Okay. This, I didn't know this part of the story. Yeah. The principal comes to your house. To our home. Mm -hmm. and, and you say he did this as a mandatory reporter. Of abuse. Yes. Of abuse. So he's, he's coming to, to report to you abuse that's happened in his school building. He's coming to make sure we're not abusing our child and therefore deserving of a CPS visit. Oh, my Lord. And we at the time naively thought and, and public record is what revealed this to us later. But at the time we thought, OK, you know, we're new to town. It's a small town. Maybe this is just how they do things around here. You know, I, I welcome him in my home. He seems empathetic to what has happened to us. And he was just gaslighting us. Um, any any concern that he appeared to show us later proved to be completely disingenuous. He He didn't care. At so, all. In fact, he, he couldn't condoned it. The tears were fake. Absolutely. <laughs> he was an actor. Yeah, well, a good one. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Yeah. So we have that meeting. We and, and we he appeases us. We think, okay, he cares. He's gonna do something about it. Um, he never did. Uh, you know, months later, we realized that he wasn't just not doing anything about it. He was telling other families whom this had happened to that we were making it up. This didn't actually happen. There is no secret club. Um, you know, we don't invite outside activists in because this happened to multiple other families. And I'll get into that, too. But we stood before the school board and I had never admittedly never paid attention to what the school board even did. I couldn't have told you their names. I couldn't have told you what 
decisions they had made. But here I was at the advice of a lawyer standing at public comment, crying, saying, how did this happen? I need answers. You know, Where did this come from? Why did you do this to my child? I followed up with a letter and it took three months to get a sit down with someone. They ignored me for months. All of them, all seven board members ignored me. And when I finally got a sit down, the woman who I met with is friends with the activist. She volunteers with the Skittles organization to talk to kids five to 11 about gender and sex. She condones the gender unicorn being in our fifth grade curriculum. She believes there's more than 50 genders. She believes we should be talking about these things with kids as young as five. And that was the turning point for me where I went, oh man, these people are not on my side. They're not willing to hear what I'm telling them. They're not willing to accept that my child's been harmed and I'm a parent here pleading with them to stop what they're doing, stop harming more children from going through what what we've gone through. And um, so then we reached out to the police because if this had happened on a playground, this was nothing short of sexual abuse. In my husband and I's opinion, what happened to our little girl who came home that night and ordered mac and cheese from the kids menu and went to sleep with our teddy bear. I mean, that is an innocent little girl. And the police said, because there was no exposure of body parts or touching physical touch that we know of, there are no legal ramifications for these people. And it happened in a school setting and the woman was invited. So the police couldn't do anything about it. Um, Then we, you know, like we talked about, sought therapy and learned the hard way about these laws that the the 2019, they passed an anti-conversion therapy law here in Colorado. So if you take a confused, a gender confused child to a therapist of any kind, faith-based or not, if they are licensed, they are legally obligated to only affirm the issue. They cannot question it. They cannot dig into it. They either have to affirm or, as we found out the hard way, completely ignore the issue. And both of those things made our daughter worse. Mm -hmm. And so we took her to a pediatrician after she wrote us the suicide note saying that it all started in art club. She doesn't know how to live in the body God gave her. She doesn't know how to make sense of this label. We took her to the pediatrician and found out there's another law in Colorado at the age of 12. Kids make their own mental health care decisions with no parent knowledge or consent. We just get the bill. And so they had us leave the room for mental health assessment. When we came back, they already had Zoloft on the table. And it was my daughter's decision to be prescribed these psychotropics. I had no say. And and I also had been bullied, like most parents in our situation are. You know, do you want a living child who's on psychotropics or do you want her to kill herself? Do you want a living son or a dead daughter? You have to go along with this and not make it worse. And and so, we were bullied. Can, can I, can I uh, interject? Who, mm-hmm. you know, we've. We've heard that that these statements are are made to parents. Can you tell me who made that statement to you? Was it was it the pediatrician? Well, the first therapist we went to. Okay, the first our only option okay. was clear and and was forthcoming about that. I'm queer. I'm trans affirming. Your only option here is to go along with what your daughter says she is, unless you want her to kill herself. And that's essentially how it was framed to us. And we didn't we didn't pursue that therapist any further after, you know, being bullied into a corner. It was like, OK, well, I'd like another professional opinion, please. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our first experience with a therapist. But she basically said, you know, your only option is to go along with this unless you want her to harm herself, because that's what will happen if you try to deny this identity. Oh, that is just shocking. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. Well, and it's gut wrenching to think that the opposite is true. Like, had we affirmed her, and my daughter has said this to me now that she's on the other side of, you know, completely desisting trans identity. She said, Mom, if you had affirmed me and gone along with this, I don't think I'd be alive. Unbelievable. That so, is uh, that is such an important message to deliver. That Those words from your daughter, 
mm-hmm. saying, if you would have affirmed me, I don't think I'd be alive. That is huge. Yeah. I don't know that that message can be, can be shouted loud enough. So, and, and I feel for these parents who are in this situation because I've been through it and you, you're scared, you're confused, you know, you're intentionally left in the dark about what your child has been methodically introduced to for years. You know, as we come to find out, there was all kinds of curriculum that was pushing transgenderism prior to art club. So they were planting seeds in her head and, and, you know, we had no idea that it was happening. How old is she now? She just turned 14 or she's a little, a little over 14 now. She's a little over 14. So this you're, you're, you're two years into this. Mm-hmm. If, if she was 12. Um, right. So you, you go to the pediatrician, they, um, they kick you out of the room at some point because you're not in charge. Mm-hmm. The 12 year old's in charge. Correct. Which that is. You know, whoever is making laws in Colorado that says the 12 year old is in charge of their own mental health. Um, I don't know what to say about that person. So well, we're we're a lot like California nowadays. Our legislature is the best way to sum it up. It's 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 insanity down there at the Capitol. And my listeners know how I feel about California. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like to say I live in San Francisco, Colorado. That's okay. what it feels like. All right. OK, that makes sense. So you're asked to leave the room and um, you know what, let's, let's pick up um, what happens next on the other side of this break, because I don't want to get you going and have to have to stop you. All right. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. We are talking to Aaron Lee, and this is uh, an important conversation that, that I think every parent in the country needs to hear. If you, uh, if you're listening to us live at the moment, uh, call your friends. Let them know that um, they need to turn this conversation on because this is this is indeed shining the light of truth and shining the light of hope. We're going to get into some hope. All right, we'll pick the conversation up on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. 
It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. All right, welcome back to the Beans List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are talking with Aaron Lee. And Aaron, I, I stopped you short at the, the doctor's office. So I'm going to let you dive back in and, and, and pick things up. Yeah. So once we received that suicide note from our daughter that no parent on earth ever wants to receive, and I will say that even though she's completely desisted and completely mentally healthy and happy and back to her old joyous self now, that fear never goes away. I don't wake up and and go, you know, I go, I go to my daughter's room first thing in the morning to make sure she's still there. It just is, is a fear that doesn't go away. Um, but we took her to the pediatrician after we got that note and they had us leave the room for the mental health assessment. We come back in the room, Zoloft is already on the table and it was her decision to be prescribed it. And we were essentially bullied into allowing her to take it, even though it was against our instinct because it was, you know, do you want her to to die? <laughs> do, you, do you want her to not be alive anymore? Then let her take this drug. How, you know, what a trade-off. And so we did, and it did nothing for her. It made her physically sick. And then we changed to Prozac. That made her physically sick. It didn't make her better. What made her better was addressing the issue head on. Oh. And it took us nine months to figure that out. Like we we avoided it. We thought, oh, let the let the professionals talk to her about it. We don't want to say anything that's going to make her worse. We we essentially weren't affirming her or not affirming her. We just weren't addressing the issue. And it was the moment when my husband sat her down, he led our family, he took charge and he said, is this really what you want? Is this really who you are? Do you think we don't support you? And she, in that moment was visibly relieved. In my opinion, it was like a, a weight came off of her shoulders. Thank God my parents are giving me the option to get out of this. They are giving me an out. They are sitting me down and asking me if this is really what I want to do. And it wasn't at all what she wanted to do. In fact, about three months after that desistance point, I let her watch the What is a Woman movie by Matt Walsh. I highly recommend that to everyone. And she said while we were watching it, mom, why didn't I understand this was happening to me while it was happening? I was like, yeah, that's that's by design. You were taken advantage of. You had a target on your back. And she goes, well, how do I make sure this doesn't happen to other innocent little girls? And I was like, you're doing it right now. You let me tell your story. You let me warn other parents like I wasn't warned so that they can make decisions for their kids that I didn't have the opportunity to. I couldn't protect you. And I will always feel like a failure because I, I didn't see this coming and I wasn't there to stop it, but I can, we can protect other families from going through this. And so she fully supports me speaking up. And, you know, it was that point when we got the suicide note, we're going through her being suicidal that we then attended a community engagement session with our school board. We have the superintendent, our local school board member, other parents in the room. And we say in that meeting that our daughter is suicidal, that this, this is what it's led to. This is where our family is right now because of what's happened. And that was the moment they cut off communication with me. They stopped answering emails, phone calls, um, that was it. That was the moment I became a villain in their eye. And if they care so much about my daughter's well-being to invite her to a secret gender and sex meeting, they never followed up to make sure she was okay. Not once. Mm. Never did they reach out to make sure that my child was alive or that she was getting through this. So it became really clear that they didn't care at all. That was the turning point for us. And that's when we went really public with our story. And thank God we did because we went 
public May of 2022. Um, Libs of TikTok shared it out and then it was everywhere. We were on Glenn right. Beck, Fox News and um, other families started to connect the dots. So four other families just from that art club alone came forward to us. None of them understood that their children had been attending these meetings because their kids followed the rule. The rule is don't tell your parents. One of these families in December of 2021, the same time my daughter was suicidal, their little girl actually attempted it. She not only was leaving suicide notes, she actually drank bleach and was rushed to the hospital. And at this point, the parents did not understand where the confusion was coming from. They were blaming themselves. Like, why? Why? she's so confused about her gender what where have we gone wrong what influences are are you know infiltrating her we just don't understand it and they they essentially blamed themselves and bore the weight of that guilt and then when we went public they started to ask the right questions and their daughter came clean about everything and they're now actually on our federal lawsuit um you know pursuing legal action against the school district for what they've done. But thank God we went public or this family would have suffered in silence and had no idea. Their kids would probably still be in the public school being indoctrinated and abused and they'd have no idea. And that's that's the intent of the school district is to keep all this stuff a secret. Oh, Aaron, I just, um, I'm appalled. And I, I think people that hear your story are appalled almost to the point of of just being speechless. Uh, the the sad part is that you're a hundred percent right that that's why they want to keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. And and you're the fact that that you have gone vocal, I'm sure, makes you public enemy number one. Absolutely, um, I've been called a racist. Of course, you, been, you know every form of the word bigot, which is just weird for me to experience. But what really got the school district going after me is when I started to expose public records that so, they don't uh, like okay. the light <laughs> all right let's um before we dive into public records um i have a a, a personal question how um how have you handled the the onslaught mm-hmm. personally how have you handled the um vitriol you know i've lost family I've lost friends. We've lost relationships. We can't believe have been severed because we've been public about it. And, and I'm a pretty shy, sensitive person, believe it or not. And so at first it was really hard. I mean, I struggled. I really struggled with the ridicule, having people in my own community sending death threats. I've had to call the police more than five times because we have people break into our home. We have Antifa show up when we speak at our school board meetings. Like it's been tough, but I've come to the point now where I realize that's only because I'm over the target. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're shining light in areas that they don't want the light to be shown. And the more I do that, the more hate and and kickback I'm going to receive. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm in the crosshairs now. And I, I'm only able to do that because my daughter is where she is, because mm-hmm. she has desisted and she's in a good place. And she's asked us to do this. And as long as she wants me to do it, I will continue to be vocal. So, you know, I look at the Antifa threats and their their tactic is to get in, you know, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you and get you to react first and I'll never react. No. So that's where I'm at <laughs> in, in all, right. all the So that's good to hear. And and I'm sure part of you being over the target is public records request. Mm-hmm. So how did you discover this? Um, I guess let's talk through this. 
Yeah. Well, my best advice to all parents going through this is to find other parents who have your back because I didn't know what a public record was. I didn't know what my school board did. I didn't know what a public record was. And so I I met some wonderful parents who were already watching the devious things that the school district was doing. And they said, hey, Aaron, have you done a public record on this issue? And as I started to dig in, so many things became clear that were not clear to me before. So two days after the art club incident, the art teacher, the presenter, school administration talked about doing a CPS well child check to make sure my kids weren't being abused. They referred to parents who find out about this GSA club as barriers that have been removed at other middle schools. They said parents have no right to know what they're doing with their kids under the Equal Access Act. Kids can attend any club they want without parent knowledge or consent. That's not valid at all. It just shows how much they don't know what they're talking about. Um, and they discussed their right to lie to parents. And they also said everything I say to them should be considered evidence. So it's clear they were building a case to remove my children. And I didn't know this until nine months later when I did these public record requests just for my daughter's name for that time period to see what was discussed behind closed doors. And it was abhorrent. It was terrifying. And so I continued submitting public record requests. I've submitted over 40 in the last couple of years. Um, I found that my school district has now updated their code of conduct to define harassment as using the wrong preferred name and pronoun. And the punishment is suspension. So if a child you know, goes to school with Jane his whole life and suddenly she's John and he accidentally calls her Jane, that's punishable by suspension. Um, they've instructed all staff to ask students' name and pronouns. In fact, they hold mandatory training on it before the year starts. They've instructed all health staff not to tell parents if a child is suicidal or cutting. And I actually released a, a news article with a brave nurse who retired from the school district and then gave comment to this article with the Epic Times that she was told if a child is suicidal or cutting, she's not allowed to tell their parents. So they're not just creating life-threatening situations. They're then robbing parents of the right to care for our children in their most desperate moment. They're keeping that secret. Um, they said that parents cannot opt their children out of clubs in the Pooter School District. So even if you find out about Art Club, which meets at lunch hour a lot of the time, you're not allowed to opt them out. Uh, they have a 15-page transgender toolkit and gender support plan which includes definitions on top surgery, chest binding, sexual attraction, all kinds of things that have no business in K through 12. Um, they have running lists of students' names and pronouns at their middle schools that they intentionally keep secret from parents. I found evidence of a fifth grade teacher being uncomfortable teaching gender ideology as part of the sex ed curriculum. And so she raised her concern. They brought in an outside party to re-educate her. And because she was untenured when she would not re-educate herself, they said, you either teach it or leave. And so this teacher ended up calling out sick for those two weeks so that she wasn't forced to herself teach it, knowing the kids would still be exposed to it. Um, when I reached out to her, she said, Aaron, these kids wear flip flops in a blizzard like they can't pick the right footwear. And I'm supposed to tell them they can pick any gender they want to be at nine and 10 years old. I can't. Hmm. I can't do that. Um, and then the most alarming thing I've perhaps found, and this has been exposed in Fox News, our governor's been questioned about it. I found emails of my school district transitioning an elementary child, we believe to be eight years old in second grade. And the parents found out and objected. And so the assistant principal reaches out to school administration and says, what do we do? The parents found out we're transitioning their child. What's your guidance? And the official guidance from legal and the new diversity, equity, and inclusion cabinet that was just hired 
um, is to continue transitioning the child. Call them one thing when you call the parents. Call them a different name and pronouns while they're at school. And the principal even says, oh, I'm concerned about the direct do not nature. The, the parents were explicit. They do not want us doing it. Administration says, doesn't matter. The right lies with the child. So continue transitioning them and just lie to the parents when you call home. And for exposing those emails, they put out a public post on Twitter calling me racist. Unbelievable. So, that's, that's just their fight back. Mm. So yeah. this is the uh, go ahead. Take a drink. <laughs> you need a break. This is the clarion call, I think, to parents in Colorado. Get your child out of public school. Just There's get them. Out. Yeah, get just out. get them out. There is. Um, there's just, there's no other hope. So I assemble, uh, take back your school boards, but primarily get your kids out. It's not safe. It's not safe. Like I found evidence of, I have a, uh, he was seven at the time. He was a second grader, a son who was still in the school district after this happened with my daughter, come to learn in his social emotional learning class. They're doing peace circles where the rule is what stays, what you hear in the circle stays in the circle. I'm like, well, that's familiar. So they're already breaking down my seven-year-old's inhibitions. They're building this wall between parents and child where we can talk to you about secret things and you don't have to tell your parents about it. So they're grooming our kids for this at seven years old. Do you find that there are other teachers, you mentioned this, the teacher of, of this fifth grade class, do you think there are other teachers out there that that are willing to speak up or, or do not appreciate what's happening? I know there are, I've talked to dozens of teachers just in our school district alone, and they're scared. This is their livelihood. They're in a district where it's could get on board with what we're doing or get out and they're afraid to speak up. They're bullied by their peers for saying anything that contradicts the school district's agendas. And I've, I've talked to dozens of teachers who are vocal about it to me, but would never be comfortable being vocal publicly because they don't want to lose their job and they don't want to lose this opportunity to be that good influence on the kids amongst so much bad influence. So I, I understand that position. I get that they want to be a light, but I don't know that they can be a light when the cord is being unplugged from the wall. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're a lamp in the room, but the administration comes in and, and unplugs the cord and says, you have to teach this. Or in the case of the fifth grade teacher, uh, I'm going to step out for two weeks while it's being taught. So I don't have to be the one doing it. Uh, you, you're you're of none effect at that. In my opinion, the teacher is of none effect. And I, I guess, I mean, I realize I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but I just... Um, I think that the call is not only for parents to get their kids out of public school, but for Christian teachers, or even if you're not a Christian, but you have morals, yeah, that you 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 just find some courage, rise up, even if you have to say that's it, I'm done. Yeah. And I get it. It's you know, it's easy for me to say that I lead a Christian school. I you know, we don't have that worry here, and I understand that you know there's pressure and people don't want to lose their jobs. But when you are putting your job ahead of the life of a little fifth grader, uh, I, I think there's something wrong with that. Couldn't agree more. We've got to dig deep and be brave. And I will say that, you know, being in the crosshairs, I receive far more support than criticism. It's easy to drown out all the hateful things that I'm called. The best example I love to give, actually part of the Her Voice movement, Jenny Donnelly told me like, Aaron, don't 
don't receive what they call you. Like they can call you a pickle, but you know, you're not a pickle. So now every time I get called a hateful name, I just go, I'm not a pickle. <laughs> and we move on with our life like that. I know that that's is great true. advice. Just don't receive it. Just reject it. Just flat reject, out reject it. that. And, and know that you will receive far more support. But a recommendation I make for parents is be the voice of those teachers. You know, in our school district, we have the ability to read a testimony of someone else at public comment. And so I encourage teachers to, you know, anonymously write your thoughts down, give them to someone who's willing to read it. Then you're not exposing yourself, but you're you're being heard, that you're not OK with what you're being forced to do. And so I encourage people to be the voice of those teachers who are afraid and parents. That's really good advice. And then maybe it might even, you know, create a little more courage. Mm -hmm. I hope that's what I do. And that's the reason I continue to speak up. You know, I just want to inspire other people to know you're not alone. And it it can be scary to speak up. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. Well, I, I think that's where the hope comes in here, at least in this conversation. Because I think when people hear the story of people like you that are actually standing up, you know, drawing that line in the sand, you know, you're, you're a mom with a with a couple of kids, but you're out here standing up fighting for your children. And I think that creates courage in other people that if, if Aaron can do it, I think I can do it. That maybe I don't have to be afraid, you know, cause I fear is a, is a powerful tool mm-hmm. and they use it. They use it powerfully to their advantage and uh, you know, people are afraid. And so they don't want to act. But I think when people hear people like you, and they that fear tends to just kind of slip away and it's replaced by courage that's why this you know hearing your 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 voice and and hearing you speak about this firsthand specifically is is encouraging you know we can talk about it but when people hear from you directly it uh, it just becomes a shot in the arm i hope so yes <laughs> and that's our intent with our federal lawsuit too you know we filed a lawsuit in federal court with another family. And we want parents, we want to set precedent. We want to create case law. This is the first lawsuit of its kind in the state of Colorado. And I just want to encourage parents to follow suit. You've got to stand up for your rights or you won't have any rights. And my rights were violated. My child was violated and I'm not going to stand for it. So my hope is that others will follow suit with lawfare as well. Well, um, I'd like to uh, dive into the lawsuit a little bit. And and I have one more question about the uh, public record I'd like to dive into. But Uh, Let's jump into that on the other side of the break. Thank you for joining us today. We are speaking with Aaron Lee, and you're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back to the News List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are glad that you're joining us today. Uh, let's continue our conversation with, with Aaron, Aaron Lee. Uh, Aaron, I... Uh, I guess before we, uh, you know, jump into the lawsuit, I, I would, I'm, I'm really interested in how do parents, um, how do they go about the process of this public record request? Yeah, thank you for asking. Because again, I didn't realize that that was my right and my something that I should be exercising. So under the Freedom of Information Act, FOIA. All federal agencies are subject to public record, their their finances, their emails, their calendars, anything they're doing that the public should have eyes on. And the same applies. Every state has a has a translation of FOIA. So every state law is a little bit different. In Colorado, it's Colorado Open Record Act or CORA. And so every public entity will have a different process for which to submit them. Sometimes there's a portal. Sometimes you just send an email to the record steward. Um, in my district's case, they have a formal portal for it. But like I said, everything they do is public record. And I always encourage parents to start with the finances, follow the money. It has, it, it speaks volumes. Look into the grants. Where are their, where's their grant money coming from? Look into their major expenditures. What are, what kind of curriculum are they spending money on? Start with the finances. But then, like I said, dig into calendars, emails, phone calls, text messages. All of this is subject to public record. And so my tactic has been focusing in on the parties I know are involved. So for example, the art club teacher in my daughter's incident, focus down on a specific time frame, choose keywords to zero in on if that will narrow down your search results because you can yield a lot of results <laughs> by doing public record requests. Some of them I've gotten back are over 2,000 pages and and they cost money. They in, in most states, they do have the ability to charge for their time for conducting these record requests. So be as specific as possible um, and, and don't take no for an answer. There's been times where my school district has blatantly hidden things from me and I call them out on it. Hey, this, this should have been included in this public record. I know it exists. Where is it? Um, so don't let them deceive you or hide things from you. But my best advice is exercise that right. It's, we've got nothing without information. Really, we as citizens are only as good as the transparency from our government. So take advantage of this right that you have to look at what's happening behind closed doors. That's where a lot of the most devious things take place. Mm, that is such good advice. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, the, the lawsuit. 
I'm I, I'm not really even you know sure. I know it, it, it. Maybe it sounds like things are at a stalemate, but can you you know maybe speak to that? Yeah. So we, I'll be transparent that I called thirty plus lawyers when this first happened because this was unprecedented in Colorado. There was no existing case like this. Most lawyers were being lazy. They didn't want to put in the initial legwork to be the first to file this kind of suit, and so we were turned away a lot. And then America First Policy Institute, which is led by Pam Bondi, the um, former mm-hmm. Attorney General of Florida, where my husband and I are from, um, she took the case. And so we've got a whole robust team. Uh, there's a local lawyer here in Colorado, but they've got the support of co-counsel for America First Policy Institute. They filed a federal lawsuit back in May. That's why our our story was blowing up on Fox News in May, because that was filed. Um, The other family of the little girl who drank bleach is on the suit as well. Their daughter was also attending in May of 2021. And there's been a lot of back and forth that's already gotten really ugly. It's, It's like these documents that are filed by the lawyers of the school district are just heinous attacks on us as parents. It's their their entire basis. So they filed a motion to dismiss the case. And the entire basis of the case is that our daughters are unequivocally transgender and therefore everything we've done is abusive. So the school's not at fault for the mental health decline of our children. And that meeting in secret was necessary because look at these people as parents. They're denying their children's transgender identity. In fact, there's an actual clause in the motion to dismiss that says because we are white cisgenders, we do not we have not been able to claim um, valid, you know, infringement of our rights because we are white cisgenders. Actual verbiage from lawyers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How was that? How was that statement even legal? Shows you where their, you know, where their defense is at. They still refuse to claim to to accept any responsibility. It's just nope, nope. These parents are villains. Let's just vilify them to defend ourselves, and that it's not surprising. But that's the tactic that they're taking. And they filed a motion to stay discovery, which they were awarded. And the basis of that is because I filed public record requests, so I don't need any more information. Oh, and they were awarded that. So you're right. unable now to to get any more discovery. Until the motion to dismiss is heard, which could take up to a year in the state. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Which means our daughters have to wait another year before they can be deposed. So uh, your girls are, 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 are where now in terms so, of? Out of public school. Never went back to public school the next day. My daughter's in a small private Christian school where she's really happy and thriving. Um, The other little girl is in an alternative early colleges um, or early, yeah, early colleges institution that um, where she's going to do her high school. They tried to keep her in the Pooter School District. In fact, they put her back in school the next year and she was given this art teacher for two classes. And the parents went to the principal and said, no, 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 you're, my daughter will not have any communication with this teacher. And the principal said, I can't stop my teachers from talking to your children in the hallway. They can talk to whomever they want. And that was the straw for them. They said, okay, enough is enough. We're not subjecting our kids to this anymore. And pulled the, pulled their girls out. Just, okay. Uh, well, uh, I won't comment on that. I, I think what is shocking to me is before art club, you have a normal little girl mm-hmm. and, you know, and now, you know, post this situation, you have a, uh, a thriving young woman. Mm-hmm. And in between is this evil. Yep. But, but it's your fault. 
and their and then their their claim is that it's your fault. That my reaction is what caused the it's your reaction. Downturn. Right. You're the evil one. And yeah, specifically my husband. They really went after him in the league. Did song. they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how come? Because he's a man? Because and he's like, you know daddy-daughter relationship. And you know, he he caused her to have daddy issues by not affirming her trans identity. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, it's laughable, but it's sad. Yeah. It's this this simultaneous um, emotion inducing, you know, where you you, you want to laugh, but you're just, at least for me, I want to laugh, but then I'm angry hmm. at, you know, watching, you know, what they're, you know, doing to you and your family. And then what are they doing to other families who just don't even know what's happening? Hmm. So that, that's my fear. How many families are out there that don't know this has happened to them? This, this family, the second grader, that they're transitioning their child. I've yet to find that family. I don't think they want to be found, or maybe they don't know. Maybe they still don't know that this is happening behind their back. They might not know. Yeah. I mean, it would be my, my guess that, you know, nobody wants anyone to know about that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess what advice do you have, uh, for parents, in public school, what would you say to them right now that they think they're of the mindset, hey, I'm in a great school district, um, you know, because we hear that a lot, you know, and maybe it's the school district that their parents went to school in. And when their parents went to school, it was probably great. Yeah. What do you say to them? Well, first and foremost, this is happening everywhere. Don't think just because I'm in liberal Colorado, which was formerly conservative Colorado. I live in ranch ag community in a small conservative town. Don't think just because I'm in Colorado that that you're immune to this. This is happening everywhere. I've connected with parents in Wisconsin, Florida, Texas, Idaho. It's absolutely happening everywhere. And our children are being bitten away at bit by bit. And for us, it was a punch in the face. Like it's, it, you can't ignore what has happened to us. But for most families, it's so subtle, they don't even detect it. Like my son and his peace circles, you know, what happens in the circle stays in the circle. Or my daughter was given a sixth grade reading assignment when she was 11 before art club happened at the same school, a book called George. Didn't think anything of it. Sounds really innocent. I didn't even open the book. Come to find out a year later, it's entirely about transgenderism. It's about a little boy who talks about pornography, physically cutting off his private parts, playing with himself in the bathtub, wearing girls' underwear, kissing boys. Um, and she had been giving this as assigned reading. And I didn't realize it. Like How many parents out there are like me and they don't realize how our children are being indoctrinated right under our noses. So if you can't pull your kids out of public school, take a more active role in their education. And and I don't really buy the excuse that you can't pull your kids out of school. I'm super sympathetic to the sacrifice that it requires. I know that. For us, I went back to work nights and weekends at a liquor store in town. We went down to one car as a family. I drive my kids to three different schools in three different places because that's what's right for them. I know the sacrifice better than anyone. But you either sacrifice now or you're sacrificing your kids to this kind of ideology and the damage is going to be done and it's going to be irreversible. So I think the, at all costs, make the sacrifice to pull your kids out. But if you can't take a more active role in education, do public record requests, look at curriculum before your kids see it, open up every book that they bring home, ask for curriculum before it's assigned to them, opt out of everything, opt out of surveys, 
opt out of human growth and development or sex ed, opt out of social emotional learning. There's no good that happens in social emotional learning. Don't let your kids see the school therapist. That's ground zero for this trans ideology. I, there's, you know, one in a million therapists in schools today are going to be on your side as parents. Don't let your kids see the school therapist. You've got to say no to everything. Opt out, look at the curriculum, be at the school board meetings, hold them accountable, find like-minded parents, form grassroots groups if you don't already have one, because there is strength in numbers. And you may not know what someone else knows. So be sharing information about what's happening in your schools. Strength in numbers. There are strength in numbers. And even if someone is afraid, I don't know, I, I don't know if I should do this, but when you have people rallying around you that agree with you, that are like-minded, there is strength there. So I, I I love what you just said. If you don't, if you can't find a grassroots organization, then maybe you form one. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just, you know, get some feet on the ground and go after it. Because I, I guess I've been preaching this really all week that uh, grassroots is really the only thing that's going to save us. Matter of fact, uh, we were in D.C. last week and we were listening to to some briefings and one congresswoman uh, who chairs the uh, the Education and Workforce Committee, she said these were from her own lips. Can I say this? Can I say what she said? <laughs> well, they were they asked us not to videotape because they wanted to keep it off the record. Maybe I shouldn't say it. Try it. I probably shouldn't. Well, to your point, I just think that um, uh, that even even people in Congress believe that it's going to take us just normal everyday citizens to to get it done. And you know, you're doing it. You're on the front lines doing it. And I, I want people to to feel that. I, I want them to 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 become courageous because of it and realize. If Jenny can do it, or if I'm sorry, if Aaron can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can go after it. Even if that's a small action, even if it's like I said, just perform a public record and inform yourself about what's what's going on. I we we are way stronger than we think we are. Like there's a vocal minority who is controlling the narrative about what our kids should be exposed to, but the overwhelming majority of parents don't agree with it. It's right. just that willful ignorance and apathy aren't getting us anywhere. And that's primarily what I run into. It's parents are like, "La la la, I'm not listening. That's inconvenient. I don't want to know about it. It doesn't affect me." It does affect you. Even if your kid has asked 15 times what their pronoun is, now that's become commonplace. They've committed that to their memory. You can't take that back. You don't think it affects you, but it affects all of us. Stop the willful ignorance and apathy. That is that is fantastic advice. And and take stock of your own mental capacity to realize, are you being willfully ignorant? Are you being apathetic? You might not think you are, but you Maybe you are. I was. I can say that because I was was that person. Mm -hmm. And I realized I had been indoctrinated myself. I'm a millennial. I went through public university. I was led to believe that you could be any gender you want and that to speak up is wrong. And I'd been indoctrinated myself, but they crossed a line, which is messing with my kids. And you can't uncross that line that that Mm -hmm. activated me. But Mm -hmm. I understand where people are coming from because I used to be that person. Mm -hmm. So good. Such thank you for saying that. Such good advice. Um, we're running up against the clock, but in the next few minutes, I I, I really want uh, to ask you about her voice. Can you 
Can you speak to that movement? Because it, it really sounds wonderful. Yeah, I got so I got involved through a meeting I had with Lance Wallnow and Lou Engel and was introduced to Jenny Donnelly, who is a pastor in Oregon, in Portland, Oregon. She's right there in the you know ground zero of <laughs> Antifa and the woke agenda. And God put it on her heart to call a million women to the mall. So October 12th, 2024. And what brought, brought Lou Engel into the situation is, is he had had the same prophecy. He had had the same vision from God that both Jenny, Jenny and Lou had this vision to bring a million women and their families to the mall to stand up for our kids because that's the final straw. Like When are people going to wake up? It's when they take our kids away. It's when they start messing with our children, that is what's going to activate parents around the country. So her movement or her voice movement, we're going around. We have a different city every month. We'll be in Houston in January, LA in February, Naples, Florida in March. And then in April, we're calling everyone to gather at their own state capitals as part of this movement. And we're just showing up. We're empowering women to use their voice and not be afraid to be Esther's and Deborah's and step into their calling to protect their kids because no one else will. It's going to be us who mm-hmm. changes things. That, um, that <laughs> I just love that because you're spot on. It's, it's going to be the moms. Yeah. I mean, you know, the dads too were important, but once the moms realize what's happening, forget it. It is over. More, we need the Mordecais too, right? Men protect yes, your we need the Mordecais too, right? Show up alongside them. But the reality is mom mama bears have a reputation of fiercely protecting our kids, and we're we're stepping into that reputation. You mess yeah. with our kids. Our hashtag is don't mess with our kids. So yeah. I encourage people to, to follow that hashtag for more updates on her voice movement. Um, but we're we're activating women to be brave in whatever capacity God calls them to be. Ah, uh, I love it. Erin, how can people find you? Uh, How can they follow you? How can they follow her voice movement? Yeah. So my website is stopgenderideology.com. I know that's a tongue twister, but stopgenderideology.com. And our story is there for others to share. I have resources for parents in general, how to talk to your kids about these issues. I have resources for parents of rapid onset gender dysphoria kids who are like us, who are caught off guard and don't know where to start. Um, And we are taking up donations there. I have three documentary films in the works. So um, one actually comes out today. It's called Dysphoria by Fearless Features. It's um, their world premiere is this evening. And it is a call to action for the churches to step in the gap in this, you know, between the evil and our children, if the church isn't going to wake up and do it, who is? And then I'm also working on a story just about our family's incident called Art Club that will be out in the next couple months. Um, So we have a give, send, go on the website where we're raising funds for the documentary and for the lawsuit that does cost us a lot of money. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to back down from it. I will work eight jobs if I have to, to pursue this lawsuit, but um, we're grateful for anyone who's willing to support us. And then right. my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter is just Aaron for parental rights. So okay. people are welcome to follow me there. Thank you for that. Uh, stopgenderideology.com. And and then you can follow uh, Aaron Lee and all her, all her locations. Aaron, uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for, for taking a stand. We appreciate it. Uh, we're behind you hundred percent. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks Dean.